Well, are we ready to look into God's Word? Now, it's interesting because we were in Acts chapter 10 last week. And so, sequentially, you'd think we'd be in chapter 11. But God is interesting sometimes. In order to go forward, sometimes we have to go back. So we're going to go back a little bit to Acts chapter 8. Because now that we've seen what happened in Acts chapter 10, we want to go back and look at what happened in Acts chapter 8. So here's the thing. We have missionaries who who have been sent out who have been pushed out in some ways out of Jerusalem because of the persecution and now they're working outside of Jerusalem in the surrounding area. One of those areas was Samaria. And so if you look at Acts chapter 8, we have already looked at that in some detail, but I feel like the Spirit of God put heavy on me this week to go back. Go back before you go forward because I want the people to understand the role of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And where the Spirit is essential for us to live lives for God, to to live lives personally with Him, but also to live lives publicly for Him in this world. So, Acts chapter 8, if you recall from several weeks ago, we were looking at Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the message that Jesus came to tell us that the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God has come. And and, and now, because we have a Savior, we can enter into that kingdom through our King, through our King Jesus. See, accepting Christ as our Savior doesn't last long without the gift that the Holy Spirit brings to our lives. The Holy Spirit brings us not just information about a Savior, but brings us now a relationship with that Savior through the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we're very information-oriented. Right now, we're information-oriented, right? We have slides that are going. Someone's talking. We're trying to follow along in our Bible. It's a lot of information. We want the Holy Spirit to come and to fill us up with the things that he needs us to have. It's not always information. Sometimes it's relational, a relationship with God. So acceptance of Christ as our Savior sometimes doesn't last long in the sense of giving us a relationship unless we continue to foster that relationship. You all know of many people, maybe when you were young, you were at a Christian camp or you went to an outreach a Billy Graham Association ran or you went to some type of event where many people came to Christ. They understood that they needed Christ as their Savior. But then you knew a lot of those people, and their life really didn't change. They went right back to what they were doing before. So they knew about Jesus, but they didn't have the power of the Spirit in their life to continue to build that relationship with Jesus, continue to help them to walk in the grace of God and the forgiveness of God and the fullness of God. They had information which they knew they needed, and so they took that information in, But from there, they didn't build it into a relationship. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. Helps us to understand, oh, this isn't just facts about someone out there or someone in this book. This is a relationship that I need to build my life around. Amen? So, what we see here in 
in Acts chapter 8 is important for us to understand because some of us may be in this process of understanding the role of the Holy Spirit. As we see in Acts chapter 8, verses 9 and 10, the people of Samaria had been entangled in some magic and some sorcery and some, in some other things that God does not allow. Not unlike people today, they were seeking shortcuts to actually meet their needs. The reason why people go to fortune tellers or go to astrology or go to anything else is because they're looking for something. They're looking for peace or they're looking for information. They're looking for something that they feel like they're lacking. This is the same for us. We can sometimes be looking for a quick trip to paradise, right? Let me forget about all my problems. Let me reach out for this or for that addiction or for this thing or for that relationship. But God has come to supply our needs, but in the right way, in a healthy way, in a way that helps us to grow. And we all need the power of the name of Jesus to set us free from our past, from our habits and our addictions, and help us to walk in the fullness of our future and our purpose and the plan that God has for us. And some are stuck in the middle. They feel powerless over these things. Even though they know that Jesus died on the cross for their sins, they still feel powerless against sin. That is a shame. And sometimes I think it's because we rush into the information and we forget to develop the relationship that would sustain us and strengthen us. So let me read for you a little bit from Acts chapter 8 so you understand what I'm talking about. In Acts chapter 8, starting in verse 4, Philip was one of the people who was scattered. But it says in verse 4, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. So Philip was one of those people, and he went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed the Christ or the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs that he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many, and many paralytics and cripples were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Okay, this is what's happening. It's like a a great move of God is taking place. So I need you to understand something about this. Even though people, oh, and then later on it says, uh, I'm just going to read verse 12 real quick. And when they believed, Philip, as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So there was a whole process of, of renewal going on. There's a whole process of, we could call it revival going on. People were being freed from evil spirits, freed from sickness and disease, and walking into baptism even, into that desire to follow Jesus. Baptism is a public sign that I want to follow him. I want to be a follower of this Christ, of this Messiah. All of that was taking place. So let's think about that. Through Philip's witnessing about Jesus and the kingdom of God, it freed people from the power of the devil. It freed people from sickness. And they began to walk in that new freedom. They began to say, I want to be a follower. I want to follow after Jesus. I want to take the steps that I need to take to follow him. Sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds good. There's a lot of power going on there. People are being freed from the enemy. People are being freed from diseases and sicknesses. And then they're walking into a discipleship relationship with God. But, but look at this list here. 
Because something's missing. What could top that kind of spiritual experience? From our study of the book of Acts so far, is anything missing in their lives? Philip had brought them, number one, the good news from God. Good news is, is telling them about, about Jesus, right? He told them about the power of the name of Jesus, that now Jesus, uh, at his name, every knee should bow. At his name, the enemy is defeated. He to- they told them that Jesus was their savior. He took all their sins away. He gave them an opportunity to be baptized and discipled. That they knew that the next step is to, to say, I want to declare this for over my life, that I want to be a Jesus follower. All these things were happening, but what was missing? We're going to find out. You're right. The Holy Spirit. How do we know the Holy Spirit was missing? Well, let's continue to read here. Because all this was taking place, we're still in Acts chapter 8, verse 12. They were being baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized. Simon's the character we talked about when we were there in a few weeks ago. And he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles that he saw. So signs and miracles were taking place. Salvations were taking place. People were becoming disciples. It sounds like the right kind of stuff was taking place. But verse 14 is very essential. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter. Remember Peter? We talked about him last week. He's the guy who walked on the water. Peter and John, the other, the other apostle. Those two went down. And when they arrived, verse 15, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 16, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they did receive the Holy Spirit. So even though all these amazing things were taking place, salvations were taking place, discipleship was started, people were being freed from their past, from from the magic and the sorcery that they were a part of, from the demons and all that stuff that was taking place, people were being healed. Somehow, the Holy Spirit had been overlooked. Now, let's think about that for a moment. That's not hard to do, because the Holy Spirit is a spirit, right? Right? He didn't come in bodily form like, like the Messiah, Christ who came and was born in Bethlehem, lived here, then went into ministry here, lived his life out teaching, healing, going from place to place, eventually going through the whole process of the trials and the, the, the arrest and the trials and then ultimately his crucifixion and ending with his resurrection. He is the focal point. He is the way in which God became flesh and dwelt among us. But when Jesus left this earth, when he ascended to heaven, he said, my father's going to send another, another one, the Holy Spirit. And he will come and he will live in you. So we can know all about what Jesus did and somehow still miss the spirit. Now this messes with our brains because we want to figure everything out. We're good, we're good scientists. We're sort of logic people. We like, we like logical lines, straight lines. Well, 
sometimes God gives us straight lines and sometimes he don't give us any lines. You open up the page and it doesn't even have lines on it and you're supposed to do something with it, right? We like lines. If you open up the page and there's lines, you're like, oh, I'm supposed to write between those two lines, right? Or try to write straight. But maybe you open up the page, you're supposed to draw a picture because there's no lines, right? We need, we need to know what's going on here. Philip had a three-point message about Jesus, which had brought great results in people's lives. He preached about Christ. He preached about the kingdom of God. They saw the power of the name of Jesus to deliver them. This brought about miracles and healings and deliverance from sickness and from spirits, evil spirits. This message met people where they were and rescued them from the enemy's camp. And so they wanted to be his disciples. So they were baptized. This might be your story. You've, you've followed Jesus. You've followed the message of Jesus all the way through to discipleship. And yet still you struggle. Still you wonder. Still you feel weak and separated from God. Still you, you don't have that presence of Jesus in your life on a daily basis. You're going from retreat to retreat or from church service to church service trying to find God because somehow he's missing. That's why the name of this the message this morning is missing, question mark. Is he missing? Jesus gave him to us. The Father poured out the Spirit on his people. He shouldn't be missing in our lives. Because in order to live as Christians in this world, with all the temptations and all the difficulty and all the, all the problems in this world, and all the depressing things that happen in this world, in order to have joy in the midst of this world, we need the Spirit. We need the Spirit also not just to live, but to do something for God. Remember, we were saved with a purpose in mind, that we would be his witnesses. And so the Holy Spirit was given. Jesus was very clear in Acts chapter 1. Spirit will come, and he will, get, he will come in power. He will give you power to be my witnesses. So not to, not to be my you know, spectators, but to get involved, to do something for God. And so we need the Spirit for that, not only to live our lives as disciples, but also to live our lives as light and as salt in the world, to know when to speak, when to pray, when to act, when to reach out and pull people in to that relationship that God wants with them. See, we do not want to be converted people who are even born again, but have no power of God in our lives. Have no power to live in the freedom that Christ has given us. And we keep getting trapped and dragged back into the old habits and the old things that used to keep us. If your life isn't much different than before you were a Christian, this may be your message. This may be your day. This may be the thing that you need to hear why you're struggling so much is because you're trying to do it in your own strength. And you haven't received the power of the Spirit to strengthen you, to live a life that glorifies God. Because we need the Spirit. We need Him to witness effectively, to be able to know who to speak to and who to wait on, who to just pray for. Because 
it's not a formula. It's not something we just do. We write it down and we say, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, do it this way, this way, this way, this way. You see this even in the book of Acts. What happened in Acts chapter 8 is very different than what we just read about last week in Acts chapter 10. In Acts chapter 10, while Peter was telling Cornelius' household about Jesus, the Holy Spirit just came. There was no prayers. There was no laying on of hands. Nothing. It was like God just couldn't wait. He's just like, just give it to them. They didn't even ask. Yet. Just give it to them because they need it. I know they need it. That's why the Spirit comes to live within us because we need Him. We need Him. See, we can repent. We can turn. We can submit our lives under the Lordship of Jesus. We can even call Him King and Master. We can even be freed from the power of our past. But we may still be missing the power that we need to live victoriously every day. And to be able to witness effectively in this corrupt world. Amen? A few of you are ameners. So maybe the missing link or the missing relationship is between you and God's Holy Spirit. You know all about Jesus. Praise God, because that's where it starts. You may know all about the Father God and his great love for you to send his only son. But the Spirit, mm, not so sure. It's a little bit of a mystery. In Acts chapter 8, it appears that Philip, he did not tell the Samaritans about the Holy Spirit. Because they were listening intently. Remember what it says, it it paid in verse 6. All of them paid close attention to what Philip said. Somehow Philip missed it. A lot of us pastors do that. Sometimes we miss it. The whole point of something and we get distracted and we we, we forget the the whole punchline. The punchline is the spirit. You need the spirit. He will help you. He will strengthen you. He will make you a witness in this world so that people can find Jesus through your life. Now, we don't know why Philip forgot or overlooked this important fact. In fact, there's a lot written about this, so let me just share a couple of things. Some people think that he himself may not have been aware of how important it was. If you remember, his experience in the early church is he was there in the early church, and he was, he was decidedly a, a, a believer. He was decidedly following God. It says even that he was full of the Spirit, But the church in Jerusalem was a very unique experience, right? People were just being saved by the thousands, 3,000 one day and 5,000, and this group was just growing, and and people were selling their property and and giving the money to the apostles, and then they were feeding people. There was this great, exciting event taking place in Jerusalem after Pentecost, and Philip got swept up into that. And so he may have just taken the presence of the Holy Spirit for granted, the Holy Spirit is with the church. The Holy Spirit is just here because we're here. Just, just assuming that he knew, but he didn't think he had to mention it. So he took it for granted in some ways. Maybe he assumed that that was the part that God took care of. Right? And it really is. But as preachers, as teachers, as disciplers, we have to at least bring it up. We have to at least mention this very important relationship that we are to have with God through his spirit. It's not really important 
as to why Philip doesn't mention the Spirit. But it is important that we recognize how debilitating it is to leave this part of the powerful plan of God out of the gospel. It is debilitating. We are not able to function as believers in the fullness of God, in the way that he intended us to, according to his purposes, without the help of the Spirit. We just aren't. Let me read this for you. Again, when the apostles of Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When Peter and John arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of Jesus. How did Peter and John know? If I had shown up in a place and people were being baptized and discipled and people were freed from their past and and demons had fled and healings were taking place, my assumption would be the Holy Spirit was there, right? Those are all the things we look for, the outward signs that the Holy Spirit was there. Somehow they sensed or discerned that the Holy Spirit was missing from this. Maybe people were working real hard, striving out of their own strength to do it right, to make sure they got things right with God and right with one another. And it was, it was you could see the strain on people's faces like, mm, this is hard work to be God's children. We got to work super hard. We better get up earlier. We better pray more. We better read more Bible. We better serve more. We better, you know, and, the, and maybe they saw people were getting worn down because they were doing it in their own strength, according to their own wisdom. They weren't being overflowing with the spirit. They were striving to be good people. Some of you are these people. You are striving to be good people, and it's a good thing, and God sees your heart. But don't think you can ever do this life without the power of the Spirit. Oh, Lord, we need you to give us strength to fight temptation, to live holy lives in an unholy world. We need God in our lives and the power of God. Not just, not just the information about God, not just the discipleship steps with God, but the power of God within us to make us more like Jesus because that's his whole work that he's doing. Peter and John somehow saw immediately that there was a need in this group of people. They knew that these people needed Christ's Holy Spirit power in their lives. And somehow, we don't know how, they sensed that it was lacking. Like I said, I'm, I try to imagine the Bible sometimes because it's not a movie. It's not something I can rewind and watch again, right? I have to read the words and say, God, how did they know? Like I, I get these little questions in my, my mind. How did, how did they know the Spirit wasn't there? I would have missed that altogether. I'd be like, woo, people are being healed. Woo, more baptisms. Yeah, the Spirit's here. Like, I would have just, wouldn't you? Come on, tell the truth. You would. It looks like the Spirit was there, but something in them, something they sensed, something God put on their hearts was like, they need my Spirit. They need the power of God. 
to live out these lives that they desperately want to live. God knew their hearts. They wanted to follow Jesus. That's why they were baptized. They had decided to follow Jesus. Like the song says, I have decided to follow Jesus. But guess what? You can decide that all day long, but if you don't have the power to do it, you're going to fall and fall and fall and fall and fall and fall. You're trying to follow Jesus, but you're falling, falling, falling. For every trap, every temptation, every discouragement, everything that can happen. Is this you? Am I talking to anyone here this morning? Is this you? Don't be ashamed. Be excited. Because God has this message for you. He desires to fill you with his power, with his love. To help you to live the life that he created you to live. So, the spirit was somehow missing from this message in Samaria. Acts chapter 8. They prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now, don't miss this. We need the power of the Spirit. You see, Jesus was there. Jesus was there. Jesus may be in your life, but the power of the Spirit was missing. Maybe the power of the Spirit is missing in you. The reason why God did a U-turn back there in Acts chapter 10 was that this is a real message for someone or someone's here this morning. You need the Spirit to help you to live this life. You can't just decide cognitively. You've got to lean into God and receive the power from His Spirit. Now, we have all kinds of examples in Scripture, but one of the examples would be the 12 disciples. Here you have these 12 men who were chosen by Jesus to come and follow him, and he was going to disciple them. This is where we get the term discipleship. He was going to disciple them and teach them. He was teaching them. He was showing them. He sent them out to do miracles and to teach others about the kingdom of God. He was doing it with them. When he got to the end of his life... And his death, burial, resurrection had taken place. And he was meeting with them one final time. He said, wait in Jerusalem for the Spirit to come and give you power. Because I'm, I'm leaving. I'm going to ascend to heaven to sit at the right hand and intercede for you and pray for you. But you need my Spirit. Jesus pointed this out. He made it clear. So... Here's the exciting thing. We all come from different backgrounds. We all come from different places. Some of us were brought up in different kinds of churches. Not everybody came up here at Holden Chapel. Not everybody came up during certain times in history. So some of us have some of the information and some of the experience. And if we mix that all together and stir it up real good, we'll all get mixed up together. And the Holy Spirit will be shed in all of our lives. That's my dream anyway. But anyway, going back to what we're saying here. In Acts chapter 10, which is just a little bit later, we find that the Spirit wasn't going to be left out this time. Peter was there in the Romans' household. Remember Cornelius and the Romans who gathered there in Cornelius' house. And God made sure the Spirit wasn't overlooked this time. He took care of it last time too by sending those two, Peter and John. He took care of him. He's always going to take care of his people. Don't be afraid. But this time, I love this because this is the one we read last week. 
While Peter, verse, Acts 10, verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words about Jesus, the Holy Spirit came on all of them who heard this message. It's, it, it's amazing. If you read that passage, it's just amazing because it's like God just saying, like, just give it to them. Last time they missed it somehow, but let's give it to them first this time so they can work this thing out, so they can have my power to live. Now, interesting, we have the words of Peter's message. So please turn with me to Acts chapter 10 and verse 34. We don't, we don't have the words of Philip's message. You know, we have some of that, but we don't have it as recorded as well as we do in Acts chapter 10 for, Peter, for Peter's message. But listen to Peter's message because there's a couple of places where he doesn't leave the spirit out. All right, so he is talking about Christ. He is talking about Christ is the Messiah. Christ is Lord of all, verse 36. You know what happened in Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, and how God, this is key, verse 38, anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Let's back up. Go back. This is Peter's message to the Romans. You, you know about these things that have taken place. We're talking about Christ here. In verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. This is key to understand. There's all kinds of multiple sermons in this, so we can't do them all. But Jesus, we know from Philippians 2, he had humbled himself to come as a man. He had laid aside his godhood, the the, the rights that he has as God, to be fully man and fully God. I know it messes with our minds, but it's the truth, right? So after Jesus' baptism, in fact, at his baptism, if we went back to the Gospels, it says that they saw the Holy Spirit like a dove descend upon him. So prior to that, the first 30 years of Jesus' life, was he living without the Holy Spirit? I don't think so, but something definitely took place at his baptism, which then gave him the Holy Spirit and power. And then he began going around doing good and healing all those who were under the power of the devil because then God was with him. I know I'm really messing with your minds, but think about it for a minute. The son of God, the babe who was born in Bethlehem, who had laid aside his godliness, his God, godhood, it says, godhood, laid it aside, now grew up. We don't have much record at all of him growing up. Once, when they went to Jerusalem and he got lost. And then he was over teaching people in the temple. But, but then they brought him back. He was only 12 years old. They brought him back and he went back to work in the carpenter shop, I guess. We don't have any... There's no sermons recorded before he was 30. There's no, there's no healings. There's, no, it, there's nothing. It's just like a blank piece, piece of history. We don't know what happened. But once he was anointed by the Holy Spirit and with power, he began going around doing good and healing because God was with him. God was with him. Now, 
we are an interesting people, right? Because God is with us, and we love that because it's, it's helpful, it's comforting, it gives us strength when we need it. But do we realize that the power of God being with us is the power of the Holy Spirit? I guess we need to just ask the question personally, each one of us, how did I receive the Spirit? Was I prayed for to receive the Spirit? Or did I receive the Spirit when I first heard the gospel? Like here in Romans 10. Those people received the Spirit with the gospel. It would appear that God doesn't have just one way to receive the Spirit. Or one time for you to receive Him. It would appear that what really matters to God is that you have His Spirit. That you receive his spirit, however you receive it. Because if I, if I took a survey of some of you, there's all kinds of different stories, all kinds of different ways. I went to this thing, and this person prayed for me, and I received the spirit. Or when I was saved, I received the spirit. There's no need for division as long as you have the spirit. God wants you to have his spirit. It's like this big gift, and he can't wait to give it to you, like here in Romans 10. But you got to receive it. I could have a whole bunch of gifts up here, but until you actually come and get one, you haven't received it yet. I can talk about the gifts. I can wrap them in pretty paper. I can put a bow on them. I can put your name on it. But until you receive it, you don't have the gift. Right? So... So, we really need to wrestle with this a little bit. I hope, God, please, I hope you just don't come to church, plug into the word, and then when you walk out the door, you unplug. You better go back and read these chapters. You better go back and read what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. You better be those people, those people who care about what God has for you. Because otherwise, you're missing out. You're missing out. You're weak, you're tired, you're striving, you're trying, but you're ready to give up, and some of you may already have given up, and today's your last chance, in your mind, not with God. God has a gift for each one of us, His Holy Spirit, and it gives us the power to live as believers. If we don't have that spirit, we can't live victorious Christian lives. We can live defeated Christian lives and depressing Christian lives and grumpy Christian lives and not nice Christian lives, but we can't live Christ-like Christian lives full of grace and mercy and forgiveness and love and good deeds and healing and restoration and salvation. I want to be that kind of person. And I know you guys do too. And the key is the Spirit. So if somewhere along the way, the way you were raised at the last church you were at or whatever, you didn't receive the Spirit, today's your day. Receive the Spirit. So how do we do that? Well, in, in this Acts 8, they simply prayed. Peter and John prayed for the people. And it's like so simple. I love the Bible. It says, and they received the Holy Spirit. That's it. 
their hearts had to be open to that. Because we can all say, no, thank you. I've already eaten, you know. Are you ready to receive the Spirit?